0: Heard a lot of losses this offseason. There's no masking that. There's no running from it, hiding from it. And most of those have come on the defensive side of the football. The big one in every way is Bud Dupree. But the hardest to replace might be Mike Hilton. Good morning to you. Good. Tuesday morning, I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Right where you found this. There's a lot of different scenarios that you can float regarding what the Steelers will do At the slot corner position. In fact, I would suggest that there are too many scenarios. Because if you have that many possible answers, it means you don't have one. And I'll start with the one that I like the least. And that's Cam Sutton bouncing outside and then inside. And I get it. Cam said... You know, just a little while ago, I love that. It's more opportunity to impact the game. I don't don't buy it. I don't like it. To me, the right outside cornerback position, the outside cornerback position, is way, way, way too important to have one person playing it in the base and someone else playing it in the sub. You've got to focus on, All week long, on a certain matchup, on certain tendencies, in all likelihood, against a certain individual. One person against another person. The classic island corner concept. That, if you think about it, has been a big, big, big part of what's made the Steelers' defense successful. It's been an understated part, but it's still been big. The fact that both Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson were able to basically take on island duty freed up Minka Fitzpatrick and even Terrell Edmonds to do other things in the secondary. They also freed up Mike Hilton to go after the quarterback to be an outstanding run-stopper, tackler. and he was a weapon in multiple ways like that. The last thing I want is Cam Sutton being this on one play, that on another. And I'm not suggesting he can't do it. This is a bright guy who is eminently capable of both. I just think it's a it's an unnecessary device to work into a a defense that's already going to be making significant adjustments. So this kind of has me wondering, like, what it is that they're actually doing here. Uh, Are they just talking about the way the defense is going to be set up now while the roster is incomplete, or now while camp battles have yet to play out? Because as Mike Tomlin himself said to us at that pre-draft press conference, Depth charts in April, he said it in April, don't mean a thing. And you can quote me on that. He was referring to Chuk Socorafor being at left tackle, but the point stands. Maybe that's the conversation that's being had right now. So let's let's float what the existing possibilities are. This portion of... Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who filed workers' comp, who need assistance with medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been doing that for over 80 years. Check them out at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. The other guys who can get in on this whole scenario are obviously outside corners. Maybe that should be Justin Lane, given where he was drafted, but the fact is Lane was superseded by James Pierre down the stretch and when this came up with tomlin before the draft he kind of downplayed that a little bit too he acknowledged that pierre was performing better and that they liked what they saw at the time but he stated very bluntly that what they decide going into 2021 won't be influenced by that portion of 2020 meaning that very specific discussion so that sounds like they're gonna let lane and or pierre battle with half of sutton do you see where i'm going here it's like what if one of the two is outstanding then you go to sutton and you say hey kim we're glad you signed this probably under market extension with us uh, partially in hopes that you would become an outside corner where you can make more money later in your career but this other guy over here is performing better at the outside. So we're just going to use you the same way we did last year. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then maybe it'll work the other way around. Honestly, I didn't see much from either of these guys, Lane or Pierre. Now, I mean that mostly in the literal sense. Neither of them played all that much. When they did, neither of them floored me. But then the Steelers went and added some other guys. Trey Norwood was drafted in the seventh round. Undrafted rookies, Lamont Wade, the Clareton kid, was at Penn State. Not necessarily great on playing the ball, but incredible athlete. And then there's Shakur Brown. This is the one, Brown, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot about. Come Latrobe. The Steelers already on the inside are singing about this guy. And sometimes that's fun to, you know, banter back and forth about someone like that. Like, wow, look at this undrafted guy. They could be in Hey, Mike Hilton was an undrafted guy and everything else. The fact of the matter is if Shakur Brown was really all that, he wouldn't have been undrafted, you know? Hilton and any undrafted player, who makes it in the NFL, as commendable as that is, remains the exception, and not the rule. So there are a couple of things that I hope that the Steelers consider in this whole picture. One is that Sutton, undeniably, would be a better contributor toward this defense if he stays at one position. Two is that this defense needs to remain predicated on island coverage. Otherwise, you're throwing off a lot of things. And I don't know that you need to. I don't want to pile on Nelson just because he's gone and just because he left in an ugly way. That doesn't concern me. But I don't know that Nelson was all that great. Nelson had one specific role that he was given, and he did it. And I'd like to think that Sutton is actually a superior football player, and that if you give him that one task, that one vital task, and leave him alone, you'll be fine. The third, and I haven't mentioned this name really yet at all, is I really, really, really hope Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't play into this in any way. Minka, you might recall, didn't last very long with the Dolphins. And that was Minka's call because he wanted out. And the reason he wanted out is because the Dolphins said, well, look, this guy can solve a problem. And we're going to put him at slot corner. And Minka ends up taking 379 snaps there. More than he did at safety. And when Minka demanded his way out, and he made it to Pittsburgh. He went further on the record as saying that he believes that if he had just basically been left alone to play his position, that he'd find a way to get the football. Let him, let him read the field. Let him read the quarterback's eyes. Let him read what's going on around him. And let him... Use those natural instincts that he has and that ball hawking ability to change football games, which he did in his very first game in Santa Clara, California against the 49ers. I was there and couldn't believe my eyes at the way the ball was just following this special player around and yeah part of you's thinking this is crazy he doesn't even know the playbook this is fluky this isn't going to hold up and then he just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and even after he started a little bit slowly in 2020 he eventually got right back to that you do not mess with that I'm not suggesting that the Steelers are plotting that but I am suggesting that they need to clarify this picture If they don't feel good about what they have either on the outside or at Slot Corner, they need to address one or the other emphatically and then leave Cam Sutton alone and don't come within a million miles of Minka Fitzpatrick. When we come back, just one question. for just one question that comes today from randy Steele. oh this is a good one number of starters on the 2021 steelers from this year's draft and randy puts in parentheses i say four i say randy three point five <laughs> How about that Look, Najee Harris is going to start. That's not interesting. I happen to believe that Kendrick Green is going to start over B.J. Finney at center. I could be 180 degrees off the mark on this. And I'm open to that. And actually wouldn't have a problem with it. I think a lot of B.J. Finney. Mike Tomlin really thinks a lot of B.J. Finney. But I also feel that the Steelers knew what they were doing when they got green. That they felt that he was a fit for the Matt Canada wide zone blocking scheme that we discussed here yesterday. That they feel that he's a confident enough young man and a fast enough learner that he'll be able to pull it off. And then once you validate that feeling, In training camp, I don't see much of a reason to delay his starting. If he's out there and he's making the plays and he's executing his reps properly and he's conducting himself professionally, I don't see the reason to say, yeah, you know, let's let's wait until week three or four. Because he's only going to get better with reps on an NFL field in regular season games. The more of those he has, if you're competing for the Super Bowl, I'm not predicting anything. I'm suggesting that that's what their goal is, cuz it always is. Then the more reps that Kendrick Green gets, the better the Steelers will be by playoff time. Theoretically, theoretically. But he's not my point five. I have him starting. I also have Presley Harvin the 3rd The punter starting because you don't draft a punter and then just cut him. I mean, I guess anything's possible, including injury. But as things stand right now, there's no way Jordan Berry, especially after already being cut last year, is thinking to himself, oh, man, I got this locked up. They drafted a punter. They're going to use the punter. Doesn't matter what round he was taken in. And then there's Pat Friermuth. That, that's the one that starting isn't going to be easy for him. In fact, I, I'd go further and say that it's unlikely. Because you have Eric Ebron. You know that for reasons I don't fully grasp, Ben has this thing with Ebron. He just does. There's a connection there. They They seem to get along. There's enough uh, targets Ebron's way, and especially as you get closer to the end zone, uh, for whatever Ebron's other flaws might have been, he's pretty good down there. He's pretty good inside the 20. He found a way to finish plays down there, some of them spectacular. That's not a small thing, and I don't mean to dismiss it. So for Fryermouth to get on the field, you'd either need to be going real blocking heavy, which of course would rule Ebron out, uh, or B, go with two tight end sets, and I'm not, I, I don't know. I mean, we have to see what Matt Canada's offense is, but uh, two tight end sets, when you have four wide receivers, the caliber of the ones that the Steelers do, doesn't seem like something we'll see very often either. So Friermuth is the one that I would see as, as, as kind of like my .5. I think he'll get on the field enough that maybe you'll think of him as a starter or as a, you know, as a as a B option to the starter on a regular basis. But I'm not seeing any other surprises beyond that. So we're, we're kind of on the same page, Randy. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one.